This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Kashrus Anytime is brought to you by the Kosher Consumers Union, a 501c3 organization located in Lakewood, New Jersey. The administrator is Yehuda Shane. When Ebshnei Kotl, the Yeshiva Beis Medish Gavaya of Lakewood, took me, Yehuda Shane, to be in charge of the Yeshiva's Kashrus, he told me I should make my own inquiries, my own decisions, and ask my shadows to wherever I want, not, not necessarily to the Yeshiva's Paiskin. The reason he told me is because I have a very different look, which he called it an under-the-cook, than others, and sincerely, Mr. Gerech. On one of my visits to the Shmuel Vosn in Bnei Brak, he asked me about Veminus the Galera. I said I learned by Asach. I asked, why is he asking? He said, Ich ken alle Rosh Hashivas Mahalchem. Isn't Gantzen an under the cook, an under the head? I asked, is anything wrong with my look or the head of things? Because I've discussed many issues with him. He said, no, not at all. I enjoy it very much. But I wanted to know by who you learned where you got this mahalach. And he told me whenever I come to the Bezden Shtib, tell them that I said you should come into me while Zevel and Eich Bechlon Nishvashtein was Ifrech. The Abnata Kazel once said, an organization formed for illegitimate purposes can only produce illegitimate results. Rabbi Aaron Kotler, as quoted by Rabbi Bunim, Rabbi Aaron Kotler said the following, The truth must be heard, even if the public doesn't like the sound of it. Whatever the circumstances, regardless of the consequences, the truth must be stated loudly, clearly, and unequivocally. In Lakewood, a number of years ago, there was somebody that set up a cautious organization, which he was not in the good spirits with the... With the upper echelon over here in the in the yeshiva, so they ordered one of the askanim in town to please set up immediately by this week. Set up another kashrus organization. It wasn't for the purpose of kashrus; it was for the purpose of making sure that the other one doesn't get a foothold over here in Lakewood. There was an article that appeared in the kashrus magazine called "Catering Standards Questions." I made some additions to it in order to be able to explain it with some clarification. And now I'm quoting from them with some of my additions. Invited to an affair under the supervision of Lakewood Yeshiva's Kosher Council Lakewood, a.k.a. KCL, an established Hashgacha, but which was being held in a non-kosher facility, we went into the kitchen to look around and to compare notes with the Mashbiach. We were not prepared for what we found. More disappointing was it to learn that the Rabbanim who certified the KCL never visited any of their certified establishments. The affair under their certification, which was being held in an unkosher facility. Kashas recently discovered a number of such organizations where the Rabbanim themselves have never seen the operation which they certify, but instead rely totally on the head mashbiach or on their Kashas administrator to make all decisions, including halach decisions. This letter, basically unchanged, was mailed to all of the Rabbanim in the Lakewood Yeshiva's KCL Kashrut organization. As of our printing, we have not received any reply. 
By the way, this was also sent off to all the Rashivas, etc. Dear Rabbi X, we would be remiss if we do not report to you directly just what we observed of the procedures used at an affair supervised by your Hashgach organization, which was held in a non-kosher establishment. At a recent affair where we were guests, we went into the kitchen with another rabbi. Having been shown around by the Mashgiach on duty, we had the following concerns which we hope you will address. Number one, the non-kosher facility was allowed to leave their non-kosher utensils out in open view of the waiters and kitchen staff. By utensils, we mean ladles used to serve soup, eating utensils, etc. Needless to say, with a little preparation, these could have been kept out of sight of the non-Jewish staff so as not to tempt them to use them when they needed it. The mashgiach said to us, I'll give you a hundred dollars if you could find a non-kosher utensil on the floor in the ballroom. The mashgiach himself goes into the ballroom floor from time to time to check if utensils are mistakenly used. This means that the possibility does exist. If not, he wouldn't be going in. It also means that he's not constantly in the kitchen. Then why leave the utensils out at all for the staff or anybody to get a hold of? We understand from your head mashgiach that he had advised the mashgiach on duty to allow the eating utensils to remain in hand reach but covered. Instead, the mashgiach put them eight feet away, completely uncovered. Why should this be allowed? It's just inviting trouble. We also observed some six to eight non-kosher ladles hanging in full view. It takes a worker seconds to grab one and put it into the soup. See also number five, that no ladles, even from the kosher caterer, will walk in any way if it's milchitz, it's par of its fleches. This is one of the reasons why accidentally non-kosher utensils sometimes, rather too often, get taken back in error from an sphere held in a non-kosher facility. It's all too common. Since a. the affair was fairly large, 500 plus guests, b. the mashgiach does leave the kitchen to check the floor of the ballroom, as well as for personal needs, and c. non-kosher equipment is in full hand reach of the staff, I feel that such an affair requires two mashgiach, not just one. See number six. The number three. The mashgiach allowed the waiters to use the non-kosher, uncovered trays for serving hot food. This is not an accepted procedure or practice anywhere as far as we know, should a hot piece of chicken fall onto the tray, the waiter would put it back onto the plate and continue. Would that not constitute a serious kosher problem? 4. Only a part of the kitchen was koshered. Quite understandable. However, it seems inappropriate to have different kosher zones spread throughout the kitchen area. Better would be to cover with paper the entire area from the ballroom side until where the kosher food is prepared not to leave open spaces that are not kosher between where the food is cooked, prepared, and served. It's so easy for a worker to put a hot pot or utensil on the nearest space available. There were places where the mashgiach did not kosher, which we feel do need koshering. Some counter spaces that raised with ra had raised racks over them. The underside of the raised racks was not koshered nor covered. This presents a Zaya problem. Zaya is vapor. One which kosher's agencies do know to address. It could also be a problem of actual food leftovers because no one even bothered to examine the underside of the racks. See the following paragraph.
The Meshgich HaTafir told us that indeed this is a problem and he would try to cover the bottoms of the racks in the future. We also noted a pole in the middle of the production area, which we felt should have been kashered, not just washed, and or should have been draped with some material. The pots and pot covers do touch this pole while they are hot and with uh, vapor moisture on them. Although Meshgich washed it, he neither kashered nor covered it. Number six. None of the caterer's ladles were marked for meat. This caterer does both meat and dairy at his commissary. We were told by your head mashgiach that since there are so few dairy ones, only the dairy utensils are marked. But that, that causes a problem because what happens is, if the guy took a, a, a non-kosher one, you wouldn't even be able to know the difference if it's a kosher one or not if you don't have yours marked. Although the Shulchan Aruch advises marking one type of utensil, the common procedure today Wherever we observe is to mark both dairy and meat serving utensils, especially if catering in outside and non-kosher facilities and paint does wear off. We must be able to distinguish between the caterer's kosher utensils and the facility's non-kosher utensils. Number seven, while we were waiting, we saw some of the staff go to another room to eat non-kosher pizza. They bring the boxes into the kitchen and then resume serving with no washing of hands between eating the non-kosher pizza and serving glot kosher meat dinner. The mashgich did not realize it and did not respond until the problem was pointed out to him. Then he asked only one or two workers to wash. This is an additional reason why we feel the fear needs another mashgich. We hope that these issues have already been raised to the rabbanim of the organization and the rabbanim consider the present methods, uh, previous methods unacceptable and the present methods of the institute acceptable. I would like to understand where my reasoning is faulty. It's for this reason that I'm sending this letter to the Rabbanim certifying the cashless agency, rather the cash organization. I would appreciate either a written or oral response. Update, we never received any response or acknowledgement from the Rabbanim at the organization. Yours truly, editor of Cash Magazine. In, in other words, which I'm adding, every agency, organization, and individual out there giving Ashgacha should be doing a proper job. Unfortunately, unfortunately, many are not, even to the point that one cannot eat at establishments that they certify or eat the product that they certify unless this kasha system is independently verified. The reasons vary. Lack of experience in kasha systems, lack of management skills, Lack of budget, lack of communities' willingness to properly fund a top-notch, even a logically acceptable cashless program, misplaced compassion towards unqualified staff, turf wars, negligence, and sometimes even avarice and the lack of Yerushalayim. Underperformance, even in bastions of holiness, does not make it more acceptable to do a substandard job, but it allows us to be more kind in considering that a deficient agency, organization, or individual is not a standout, but one of many. But the consequences are the same. A community unknowingly eats that which is unlawfully prohibited, and the community are left with no good options and are frowned upon by the unknown, especially so when there is only one cautious organization in town. Now let me quote from Reb Shimon Schwab, Olavashol. Learn how to withstand animosity and to weather unpopularity and carry on the struggle to uphold Hashem's ideals. I would like to read one of the many such letters we received 
regarding the KCL. I saw the posted letter someone wrote about a Lakewood restaurant should I eat there. I decided to pen my own letter on a similar topic about a Lakewood restaurant. A little while back, a schmaltzy Fleischig restaurant opened in Lakewood. The owners were from the upper crust and Hamish type of the Lakewood community. It got off to a very slow start, prices were high, ambience was fair, staff was so-so. I'm not going to address the purpose and damage to the mishpachs of such eateries in a coil can of Lakewood. Wines on the menu can up to be up to $140 or more per bottle. Eventually, the ambience went up, the prices were steep, fit for out-of-town business people. The staff Cineas was not for any need to step into, let alone the Michel, especially to the Nectarida. We were sure that the cash flows was up to Yeshiva Man standard, especially with Lakewood Yeshiva's own Ashgacha agency, we had to stop going even when being invited by friends and business associates. We were still and are still in shock at what goes on in eateries in Lakewood's Cradle Stadt. Eventually, we found out that the chef opened up the restaurant and was preparing everything hours before the Mashgiach even arrived. We also found out that the system for checking fruits and vegetables for the station was the, done by someone that came in on occasion to do the checking. There was always an abundance of fresh vegetables being used, which would have required a qualified individual on a daily basis. Then Tashgacha gave over to the chef the job of checking the fruits and vegetables and fish to the untrained, unqualified chef. Eventually, we found out that the chef was caught before working in this restaurant of not being a Shemr Shabbos when he was a chef in some other establishment which was under their Ashgacha. The Casey Ashgacha decided he did Juba and he could open the restaurant without the Mashgir. And he could even check everything for infestation. The chef is not there anymore, but don't think anything don't think anything improved. Any other Lakewood restaurants better? We thought it was all a bad dream, but realize it's the sad truth. We will eventually, on other podcasts, bring you up to date with other things of how Kashris is faring in Lakewood. Kol Tov and Aslacha.